We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, hello. It is Josh Bowe from MazMoneyBell.com and co-host of Pod Maverick. We're here with Pod Maverick After Dark. Uh, I'm here with Matt Gilroy, a longtime staffer of Mavs Moneyball, um, who's been with us for a while. As in, I think this is his first video post-game podcast. So, Matt, yeah. thanks for hopping on, man. Of course. Helps um, with the win, right? All everyone's in a good mood. Oh yeah, for sure. And we got the we're a little late because uh, we are also Cowboys fans and there's a Cowboys yeah. game. And we were like, okay, it's almost over. And yeah. then we thought it might go to overtime and then it took a million plays. No one would have watched game. this until the game was over anyway. So yeah. we're just doing what everyone else is doing. Right. So uh so we're here though. We're here. Uh Kirk's getting another night off because he has a newborn and he's allowed to take as many nights off as he wants or needs. So um, I expect him to maybe be back for, for whenever our next show, or maybe not. We'll see. Uh, He's up in really there, as is most of the Mavericks roster. Right. Yeah, right. Just, you know, it's day-to-day. Exactly. Yeah, he's day-to-day for sure. Uh, okay, so Mavericks beat the Warriors 132-122 uh, on the road, which is important because the Warriors, uh, I mean, they're 9-8 and eight now, but I think they they had, they had won like eight out of their last nine. Yeah, there was at a home. graphic at the start of that game where they're, yeah, they're, they're current – kind of run at home has been very very strong so it's a good good win yeah for sure so uh to be honest all the my immediate thoughts were i actually thought dallas commanded the game more maybe than the final score indicated i know they ended up winning by 10 but i really felt like i mean there was no point in the game where i thought they were going to lose um which maybe is me being a little more optimistic when the warriors cut it to five with about 247 left in the game but I don't know. The Mavericks just kind of had the Warriors number. I felt like offensively, like they kind of got whatever shot they wanted. The only time the Warriors made runs was when there were some, you know, maybe some bad mistakes, turnovers, but otherwise the Warriors, they could not guard the Mavericks and the Mavericks couldn't really guard the Warriors, but the Warriors do this thing where they have these like brain melting turnovers at, the, at like the most inopportune time. 
Yeah, and I they didn't like have a ton of turnovers in the game, but the, yeah, the other ones they did have were like right, like crushing, like you know, in terms of like right after they're making a run or right, you know, trying to pull close. Yeah, the the one turnover that sticks out, I don't know if you remember it, is um, in the I think it was in the uh, I think it was in the second quarter. Yeah, the Mavericks were up, I think 36 33, and the Warriors were making like a push, and Clay got like a, a run out. And instead of like just laying it up in a two on one, he tried to like do a mid air tap, one tap, like alley oop pass to yeah. uh, to his running mate, which was, I think, uh, Pazemski, who is yeah. like another guard. <laughs> and it was immediately picked off by Exum. And I was like, that is like one of the stupidest turnovers that I've ever seen from like an NBA, you know, an, an, a long time NBA All Star. And then after yeah. that, the Mavericks kind of like ran away with the game for the most part. Yeah, it was not his night in like any facet of the game. Oh so. my God, I'm just now saying he shot one of 11. Yeah, yeah. Points. Wow, that's crazy. So, what kind of, you know, that's kind of my uh, immediate thoughts from the game. What were yours? Yeah, I mean, just kind of as I was watching, like the thing that I kept thinking is like, it's like the most competent win of the season. Like, yeah. just because, like, you know, it's the Warriors. They can score points at any point. So, like, you know, of course they're going to make runs. Seth Curry can make threes, you know, better than anyone in the league. So, like, yeah, like they're, you know, they can get it close at any, any kind of point in the game. You can turn it on and flip the switch. But um, yeah, it's like every time the Warriors would would make a push to get it close, it was just like Mavericks would kind of squash it, call a timeout, which has been good to from Jason Kidd to kind of reset that momentum and, and get the team kind of back back in line and, and get a good offensive play in. So um, yeah, I mean, and it was kind of one of those games where like everybody pitched in um, as I was watching, I was like, oh man, look at him. You know, all these guys are scoring. Like, Luke's getting all this help. He doesn't even have to have a great game. And I looked, he still had 39 points. So it was like the, yeah. the quietest 39 points of his career, I think. But um, he played a great game. I mean, Derek Lively had another double double. Um, Exum is great. Um, and then, I mean, the big kind of thing was was uh, the big kind of Josh Green reemergence was great to see from him. So, yeah, I mean, everybody played pretty darn well and it was just kind of great team win and uh yeah yeah i mean the mavericks shot i mean they shot 55.7 from the field they shot 40 percent from three and 82 percent at the free throw line like that's a very good offensive yeah. night they made 16 win most of those games if they if they can pull that off exactly they hit 16 threes they still score even though they shot a bunch of threes uh, they still scored 44 points in the paint, which isn't a ton. But when they were shoot, when you shoot 43s, um, that's not that's not too bad. Uh, Luca, like you said, was great, and like his scoring was pretty quiet, despite having 39. I thought this was like a really impressive Luca game, just in terms of he controlled this game from mm-hmm. the final buzzer. Like he pretty much did whatever he wanted, and the Warriors threw a bunch of different coverages on him. I think Kaminga started the game like face guarding him off the ball so that he couldn't get easy handoffs. Um, that didn't really work because the Mavericks kind of like played four on four with like Kaminga out of the play. And Kaminga is like a really athletic defensive player for the Warriors. So it kind of made things easier. Uh, then when the war, when he, when Luca got the ball and the Warriors switched, Luca either made a step back three or like a little mid range jumper. If they didn't switch and they doubled, he passed it around and someone either made a three or got a dunk. Like it was. I felt like the Warriors basically tried to do every type of defensive coverage and Luca pretty much beat all of them. Like yeah. it, it, it never felt like he, I mean, it didn't even look like he, I mean, I know he obviously he did, but it, it was one of those games where like, he didn't even break a sweat. It felt like. Yeah. like he was well, just, I mean, 
looking at it, it's like he did all that, like, and played like you know, he, he played a lot, he played a full game, but he played you know like normal rotation minutes, he played just under thirty eight minutes. It wasn't like he had to go out there and play you know forty five minutes or whatever in in a panic to try to like you know win or like you know he was the only one out there doing something. So he you know he right. played his minutes, played his normal rotation, played well. Um, yeah, never we did. No, we, we never really had to like kind of deviate from kind of the game plan. It seemed like. Yeah, and I think the Mavericks. I mean, I don't know if they won all the minutes Luca was on the bench, but they they played pretty well with him on the like yeah. on the bench. Like the Warriors didn't go on a ton of huge runs with him on the bench. Um, Grant Williams, like showing a pulse, ten points, made all of his shots, made two yeah. threes. That certainly helped. And then, like you said, we got to get to Josh Green, who was probably the second most important player of the game. Uh, even though you know he had eighteen, Exum had nineteen. But his his scoring was just kind of like kind of came out of nowhere. I think he had, man. I mean, he only made two shots in his last two games, which was first two games back after like three weeks out. Yeah, he scored four points total in about 30, 36 minutes of play in the last two games, and then he scores eighteen in twenty five minutes, six away from the floor, three or four from three. Had a really awesome uh, dunk after yeah. a made basket. That was mm-hmm. like, where where has that been? Like. Have, and, and like Josh has been struggling, like it's not just those two games he came back. He hasn't really played all that well this entire season. Um, yeah. Defensively, he's shown some drop-offs. He hasn't been as assertive on the offensive end of the floor. He was very aggressive. Yeah. I, guess, cool. maybe, I mean, it's such a weird thing because like an elbow injury is not like a common NBA injury, but maybe mm-hmm. it really was bothering him or something, or maybe he's finally right for the first time this season. But yeah, I mean, if he can play like that the rest of the season, that'd be a, a huge boost. So and yeah, that I mean that run on dunk that he had, especially I think it was came after like a big Steph Curry three. Mm-hmm. Kind of it was like you know, just like we were talking about. I was like, as soon as you know the crowd got into it and it seemed like they were gonna do something, like Matt was immediate response. So yeah, uh, Mavs, yeah great game for them. Yeah, Mavs had twenty. I guess that counts as a fast break point, even though it was a made basket. Yeah, Mavs had twenty. Someone. Yeah, the Mavs had twenty three fast break points, which is I mean that's kind of this also like besides Luca being incredible and these role players stepping up and lively being awesome. Like the fast break has been, been really good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, other guys stepped up Exum lively. Lively was really good. We probably need to shout out lively before yeah. we talk about anyone else. 12 and 14. The Warriors had a ton of offensive rebounds. They had 16. So, you know, it's probably like, well, you know, shouldn't lively help more there, but like he was really kind of like a man, on an island it felt like yeah in the paint and at the rim and i think he did a really good job even if the warriors did get off as a rebound he did really good job contesting he had zero blocks but he was a big factor in the warriors not really scoring at the rim a ton the war i mean the the box score i think the way the warriors track shots is a little funky because it says the mavericks had six shots in the restricted area and 24 shots in the paint, but outside the restricted area, that feels like a lot. Uh, so it feels like they might be tracking it. The tracking yeah. might be a little different there, but still, uh, the Warriors shot eight of 14 uh, in the restricted area, which is a really good, like, that's 57%. League average is about 66. And that was yeah. like all lively. And I felt like we did a really good job in the paint. Yeah. And he, I mean, the boards he grabs, especially down the stretch when the Warriors were kind of making their, their last push, it seemed like he was grabbing everything. Like they weren't yeah. getting a ton of a second chance points in the fourth quarter. So um, yeah, just like, you know, contributing to that kind of feeling. We're like, you know, yeah, it's like we got a little close, you know, especially mm-hmm. those in the fourth um, when uh, I think Steph hit a three and then Chris Paul got that 
steal off a lively, which is kind of his only bad play of the night. Um, and then he went down and hit a three. So other than that, I mean, it was a great, <laughs> it was a great, uh, great game. Um, uh, and the other thing from lively is like, I just, I, I kept noticing like whenever he catches the ball kind of like at the, at the free throw line, like when Luby gives him, he's so good at either just like, if he, if he can turn and make a, make a basket, he, he's so efficient in the paint or he'll always just, just quickly makes the right pass. So I think he only had one assist, you know, like direct assist tonight, but it seemed like every time he caught it there, either he was scoring with it or he was making the right pass to someone out and it was gonna, the ball was, you know, moving around and, and someone was going to get a good shot. So um, I like that decisioning from him as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's gotta be, I mean, there are a lot of things that are surprising me about lively because like, I'll be honest, you know, I'm not, a college tape grinder and I kind of just rely on what all the other draft experts are saying who watched a lot more of him in high school and college than I did. Um, the, his ability, like you said, his ability to make those plays when Luca gets doubled in the middle of the floor, whether he's catching at the free throw line or sometimes like Luke, he kind of like sags all the way to the rim and Luca will just hit him yeah. from the top of the three point line to like right in front of the restricted area. And he'll just toss in a little jump hook. Which is also like impressive, like because I thought he was basically purely like a dunks and layups guy. Like his ability to like catch the ball with a man on his back or on his hip, and just turn around and have the touch to to score to finish the play. Like that's impressive. Like his ability to catch the ball near the free throw line and take like one hard power dribble. Like that is stuff that I'm like I had no idea he could even do that. And he wasn't even doing that like the first two weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And it's just like progress. Like his progression is just nuts. Like it feels like every game he's like adding something a little bit new to his game or he's just like improving upon something that maybe didn't work too well the last game. Like it's pretty crazy um, how well he is. Like he made both two out of his three free throws also, which he hasn't been great at the free throw line, which is nice. Like he's just, I don't know. It feels like the sky's the limit with him. And yeah, Yeah, like it seems like, I mean, there's a lot of like kind of like, especially when he's playing so well, Aaron Zimmer's like, kind of seem like we're trying to at least a little bit trying to temper expectations about you know like here's you know how impactful a rookie can be in, in his first season and things like that and here's you know don't you know, here's here's the rookies who have had you know big big roles on playoff teams and he's just like he's like you know playing up to every every conceivable expectation anyone could have of him in his rookie year yeah for sure and i think it also helped like looney hasn't been that good um mm-hmm. for the warriors this year he's kind of fallen off so they start the uh they start their rookie, their second round rookie, uh, Trace Jackson J- Davis, who's a pretty good player. Like he played, he played pretty well. He had 17 and six. But like after Lively had to go against uh, Jared Allen and then Rudy Gobert yeah. <clears throat> in back to back games, like going against Jackson Davis and Looney, like a diminished Looney, yeah. like that must have been nice. <laughs> he just, he was not getting his ass whipped in the paint <laughs> consistent, as consistently as those two games because he was just playing against different players, which, hey, can only play who's in front of you. So it was nice to see him rebound uh, against a team that's not as as beefy in the paint as the last mm-hmm. two teams they played. So, yeah. so that was cool. Especially because I think the the Mavs organization has like a collective trauma about Kevon Looney, you know, running all over them in the playoffs. Right. So it's good that they they can finally feel like they have a guy who can who can handle a Kevon Looney playoff playoff. No. That's crazy, yeah, because it feels like, yeah, Looney has been like their ghost for like the last yeah. two years, so that's pretty good. Um, we're about 15 minutes in, so I'm going to take a little moment to remind everyone that's watching the live stream on YouTube uh, to like and subscribe to our channel. 
you know, we really appreciate it. Uh, Kirk does a really good job selling this podcast and promoting it. So I'm trying to do the best I can in his wake. If you are not listening live, if you're listening to the audio feed, um, subscribe, like actually subscribe to our, our podcast feed. That also helps us a lot. Um, I know that every podcast, I don't have an update on our Apple podcast issue, but unfortunately we are still working through it. So until then, please listen to us on Spotify or YouTube music or uh, an alternative podcast app outside of Apple. We'll do our best. Um, for those of you on the YouTube live show, we're going to just take a quick pause so that I can sneak in an ad break for our audio only listeners. So audio only people, uh, you'll be hearing an ad break in just a moment. Uh, YouTube people stick around. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back. We Mavericks beat the Warriors 132-122. Really fun game. We talked about Luka. We talked about Josh Green. We talked about Lively. I think we just talked about how well I think the Mavericks played. Matt, you said this felt like kind of one of their more, uh, what'd you say? Like more, most, like most competent. Like comp- everyone, yeah. everyone did what they were supposed to do. Everyone mm-hmm. played. I think there was a, uh, there was a Mavs PR tweet that went out. that was like when either green or XM scores 15 points, the Mavs are like seven and one and they both scored, scored over 15. So it's like, it's like, that's the kind of thing that we've been asking for for years. It's like, just, it seems like, you know, Luke is going to get his points. We have one other guy, Kyrie, theoretically, is that guy now who's going to, you know, always going to be there. But then you should have one other guy, if it's Tim, if it's excellent, if it's, it's Green, you know, one other guy who really kind of has a big game and steps up in a big way. And tonight, there was a lot of guys. I think there were like six six guys in double digits. Um, excellent played as good a defense as he can on Steph. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just a, a great team effort. Um, Luca did Luca things, and everyone else did what they needed to do. Yeah, yeah, competent. That's such a good word. Especially, like Mavericks only had nine turnovers. Mm-hmm. Luca had four of them, which is fine because he has the ball like every single play. So the fact that like no and no other Maverick had more than one. So like considering how much the Warriors tried to get the ball out of Luca's hands, like for the Mavericks in those moments to not toss the ball away, um, it makes it makes a difference. Like just being able to get a shot up. Um, getting a shot up is much better than a turnover. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. had five assists. And zero turnovers, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Um, so it just kind of goes to show just how, like, everyone kind of knew what they needed to do. They were all in the right places. No one seemed out of place. Everyone seemed to contribute. Like, Jones had two steals, played Steph pretty well. Um, Luca defensively had some good possessions against Steph as well on the defensive end, which is funny. Luca's had a couple. I mean, yeah, he's, he was the first one to say it, but he's had a lot of really strong defensive games. Um, I don't think he had the, the kind of blocks and steals 
this game as he had in a couple of the last ones. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's stepping up on defense. I think, I think it's pretty visible to people who are, who are watching, even if he's not, you know, stuff in the stats every time. So yeah, he got, uh, got a steal and a block. So that's, you know, he's slowly adding more and more to his, uh, his season total. But um, I think, I think he's taken a step up defensively uh, definitely recently, if not, you know, kind of on the year as a whole. Yeah, this yeah, and this was yeah. I totally agree. I thought this was a really good performance from him on both sides of the ball. Obviously, defensively was interesting. Like, I think Lively was good at the rim. I think there were some good moments against Steph, especially. Um, man, Steph and Clay combined to go ten of thirty-six from the floor. Yeah. Uh, you will probably not. I mean, I want to say you don't. You will not see that a lot. Uh, with the Warriors, but I think Steph has been in a pretty bad shooting slump like the last four or five games. So those two, yeah, and Clay I mean, has been. Has it's been kind of game. funny to think that like the Warriors would have won this game if it wasn't for Steph and Clay <laughs> picking it up because everyone else on the Their Warriors is playing great. Like I, I, you know, when I'm trolling through Twitter to look for people saying Derek Lively should win a you know Rookie of the Year, I come across people who are you know sticking up for for this. I can't say his name. They said it a couple of times. I think it's Pazinski. Pazinski. Yeah, Pazinski. I'll learn it when he makes All Star. Um, but <laughs> um, he's yeah, he's played. That's the first time I've really you know watched you know a ton of him play, and he got you know twenty minutes played really well, uh, hit a lot of big threes. So seems like a good player. Yeah, they got two rookies that are really because Jackson Davis. I mean, he's not a, a beefy. You know, I don't know how long they can handle him starting as like a center. Uh, but he's pretty skilled as well. Um, so they've got two skilled. Like, it's like it's weird. Like, Kaminga played a pretty good game, I thought. Like, this Warriors season, it's, I mean, not to talk too much about the Warriors, but it feels like the young guys are kind of doing their part. Mm-hmm. And it's like the old guard that's kind of letting them down a little bit. Like, Nooney hasn't been good. Draymond, before he got suspended, was really erratic. Yeah. Uh, Steph has been pretty good all season for the most part, but Clay has looked really bad. Uh, yeah, so Clay definitely seems like the the biggest kind of missing piece of like kind of how where their success used to come from so we'll yeah see. that's yeah that's crazy but mavericks don't care they will take yep. <laughs> they will they will take the win um i think another guy you know we didn't really talk too much about exum we just kind of mentioned how well he played like it's kind of crazy that him doing like he had 19 and 5 19 points and five assists and it felt so normal and natural mm-hmm. and i think the fact that we've reached the place where like XM scoring 19 is not like the first thing we're talking about. We're like, holy crap, Dante XM scored 19 points. It's like, no, nah, it's just kind of what he does. Like the fact that it took a month for that, like that's just happened over the course of the month. Cause it's crazy to think October, November, he wasn't even really like part of the regular rotation. Like he did not play 20 minutes or more in a game until he started his first game on December 6th. I'm looking at his game log. And then from there, he's been dynamite. He's averaging yeah. 15. He's basically averaging 15, 5, and 5 for the most part in December, um, which is nutty, like just absolutely nutty. Um, he's shooting 60% from the floor. Um, the threes, I have to imagine, are going to fall off eventually, but he keeps shooting them so confidently. You know, I don't know when that's going to happen. But like his – what's not going to end with him is his ability to – kind of be that connective piece in terms of moving the ball and like attacking the secondary action when Luca does whatever he does. And then his finishing and driving ability at the basket, like just keeps getting better. It feels like every game Uh, that was a big difference maker. Like the Warriors don't like you can attack this when Draymond's not on this roster, you know, if he's not playing, 
I mean, I don't know who they have that can block shots and guard the rim. Like Looney's a, a decent big, but he's not like a rim protector in the traditional sense. And then Jackson Davis, I don't think is either. Like, uh, I think they only had they had three block shots tonight, and none of them came from their bigs. <laughs> I think Chris Paul got one. Yeah, Paul. Everything he does is annoying to me, so I know. I know. <laughs> Every time he made a back, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, Paul had one. Wiggins had one, and, and Gary Payton had one. Uh, yeah. The second Gary Payton side. So, uh, yeah, like his driving ability is just crazy, and like it's just I don't know, it's just wild to me that we've already just reached this phase with Exxon where it's like, yeah, this is this is kind of who he is. Like, I keep thinking maybe there's going to be a drop off, but maybe just in the starting lineup playing next to Luca, like, yeah, this is what we should expect. Do you think he's going to stick in the starting lineup when uh, Kyrie comes back, or do you think maybe that'll be kind of like the the inflection point when he has to kind of go to, if he's playing, you know, leader off the bench, if he's, I don't know if he can be as effective as playing next to Luca, just, you know, because of gravity and Luca's, uh, you know. Well, I want to offer a prediction, but kid already answered this question uh, okay. a couple games ago. Um, mm-hmm. He said Exum's going to start and Grant Williams is going to come off the bench. So yeah. the starting lineup is going to be Kyrie, Exum, Jones, Lively, Luca, um, which seems a little small, but, Grant hasn't really been doing too much on the defensive end of the floor anyway. So you might as well just play your five most productive guys at the same time. So he's going to keep starting. And I think they're just going to ride this as long as they can. Maybe if he cools off, they make another change, but like, I don't know. Do you see this ending anytime soon? I mean, he's just playing so well. Yeah. I mean, with the way he's playing, it's hard, it's hard to move him to the bench. I mean, it, when, you know, when we first, when he's first, you know, was playing well, I was like, Oh great. We have this guy who's been, lead the bench and like I don't have to worry about the bench minutes anymore and now it's like he's playing so well that you have to start him but then now, now it's like back to wondering like who's gonna who's gonna lead the bench now <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good problem because now you got you know all these productive guards but um I mean yeah maybe you know it might just be one of those things where it's like it'll be matchup you know Ricardo's favorite word matchup based you know if you're playing a bigger team maybe Green or, or Williams starts and plays with one of those guys but um yeah I mean he's playing great so Stick him, stick him anywhere and, and just let him go. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, I don't even know what else to talk about. Like, because like everything was just pretty well. I I don't even really have any neg. Like, I'm trying to think of negatives. Like, I mean, the Warriors give the Mavericks fits whenever they like kind of do their off ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of saw some flashes of that playoff, the the Western Conference Finals, because they killed the Mavs with like off ball cutting and stuff like that. Like, the Warriors had 32 assists which is a ton of assists. Like they were really moving the ball well when they weren't doing the crazy, like inexplicable turnovers and the Mavericks didn't really have much to stop it, but it ended up not really mattering all that much because Steph and Clay didn't make, (laughs) didn't make enough of their shots. Um, And really, I mean, no one hit the only person who hit threes consistently, like Steph ended up going six of 15. Uh, Paul went six of nine, but like the role, the role players didn't really make him pay. Kaminga one of five. Uh, Sarek, one of four. Wiggins, one of three. Peyton missed uh, one. And then Pazimski did go three of five, but he made two of those like in back-to-back possessions and otherwise it you know, wasn't too too much of a problem. Like It felt like the Mavs were a little bit more consistent with their three-point shooting from their role players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that felt kind of like the difference in the game, I think. Or not maybe not the difference, but, but one of the factors at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking over everything here they didn't get like you know they didn't nothing was lopsided like even when they they lost points in the paint um second chance points but it was you know 44 to 52 on points in the paint 11 to 15 second chance points so it's like they held their own in in you know all these aspects and they played so good on offense that it didn't matter so yeah and the mavericks 
once again, get outshot at the three-point line, technically. Warriors made three more threes than the Mavericks. And if you want an example of how this year's Mavericks are different, uh, just look at that stat and look at how many times they've won this season so far, not making more threes than their opponents because that was basically the only way it was basically literally the only way they could win games last season was if they made more threes than their opponents. Now they're figuring out ways to do it without making the three. Obviously, uh, you know, Luca's in command of his game, but lively just makes such a huge difference as someone that can consistently score at the rim when Luca gets doubled. They, and Exum being a driver, mm-hmm. Jones being a driver too. Like they just have more guys that feel comfortable taking the ball and and trying to score at the rim uh, as opposed to what they've had maybe the last couple of seasons. So yeah. I think that makes a big difference. Green um, had a really good drive in this game against, against the uh, Podsinski. Um, that just kind of made me raise my eyebrows a little bit when he, when he went for it. Cause you know, it was great to see you. He's, he's not, you know, the guy I want taking it off the dribble most of the time, but again, against, <laughs> against a rookie, he, he took it and he's pretty, pretty uh, confident about it and scores. So, just part of part of uh, his really good game tonight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that too. When he's aggressive with the ball and he's not like hot potatoing it, like immediately mm-hmm. after he catches it, I feel like he's a much he's a much better player. I feel like some maybe like he has the, the skill to. I mean, maybe not be an eighteen point guy every night, but like sometimes I feel like he gets in his head a little bit when he plays poorly because um, he's maybe like overthinking, trying to make like the perfect play or, or not wanting to make a bad play. Um, but he's got, I mean, he's got it. So uh, he, he really should uh, be more aggressive with his dribble um, because he's, I mean, he's turned himself into like a really good finisher. Um, so as long as he has, you know, the awareness of like, you know, yeah, I think he probably saw, you know, this rookie's on me. He can't guard me. So, you know, just those kind of things being, you know, quick decisions and, and being decisive if it's a pass or, you know, driving, just like drive a kick if he doesn't make it all the way to the rim and, and find an open guy. So, yeah. Yeah, quick decisions, decisiveness. Yeah, I think that's the name of the game for him. Well, I don't think I have too much else because, again, usually the way we do with this Kirk is like we talk about the good and then we talk about the bad. And I can't think of anything all that bad except maybe like maybe defensively the Mavericks could have been a little tighter, but the Warriors are pretty good on offense. So there's like just not much to complain about there. So, Matt, do you have anything else or, or do you think you're ready to wrap up here? Um, yeah, I mean, that's something I'm excited to, you know, just excited the team's getting healthy again. I think Kid said Kyrie's getting close to coming back in the next couple of games. So we'll finally get to see, you know, like, I feel like that's kind of like we were losing all these games. It was like, you know, Lively's out, Kyrie's out. So it's like I couldn't, you know, form real opinions about, you know, how the team was playing. So excited to win with uh, Lively, excited to get Kyrie back and kind of see see how this team is supposed to operate. Yeah, and that's a good point because Exum's ascendance has entirely happened with Kyrie out. So mm-hmm. we still haven't seen this version of Exum with Luca and Kyrie and Lively. So that'll be a good time to evaluate. And hey, the Mavericks get to play Utah and Portland and Portland <laughs> for their next three games. So if Kyrie does come back, um, we might see some lopsided scores. Well, we should, you know, knock Hopefully, on the yeah. But the Mavericks have a nice little runway to start the new year. Uh, they get to pad their schedule with three really like, I mean, those are, those have to be all three wins. So hopefully the Mavericks can kind of leave that, the, that two game losing strength, losing streak behind them. They get a good win against cold state, play three more against some pretty easy teams. And then the schedule gets a little bit tougher after that, but we'll worry about that later. So I think I'm good. Uh, Matt, thanks uh, again for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. 
Um, as we are a little like the Mavericks, our roster is a little shorthanded. So Some next next man up mentality here. Ex- exactly. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, we'll talk to you guys later. Cannot guarantee if it'll be me and Kirk, but someone will be here. I mean, it'll be either me or Kirk or someone on staff, but we'll have someone uh, after the Utah game. New Year's game against Utah Jazz on Monday. So we'll talk to you guys after that. Again, this is Josh Bowe, Matt Gilroy for Pod Maverick After Dark. Mavericks beat the Warriors 132-122. We will talk to you guys later. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.